Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, and welcome to Ready to Unload After Dark. Ready to Unload the podcast. Here we are. It is January the 7th, 2011. We have flipped the calendar on the new year, and the Ready to Unload boys are here to do a little podcast to talk about the NFL. We've been on a hiatus for over a month, but we are easing our way back into the fun of doing a weekly radio show, so we're going to do a little NFL podcast tonight. thought that might be enjoyable. So uh, here we are. We're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to talk about uh, the big wild card weekend. We'll probably focus a lot on the Jets. And most importantly, we'll just talk to each other. Brian Calvi, Evan Eisenberg, Steve Sampietro here, the Ready to Unload boys. For the NFL Wild Card Weekend podcast, as it were, the RTU podcast, the RTU After Dark. Well, here we are, and fellas, how we doing? Pretty good. How are you? <laughs> There's Dr. E. Ray Stad, of course, Evan Eisenberg, uh, in Bayville, hailing from Comac, has lived in Pennsylvania. Why don't you just give my social security out there? <laughs> He's at 32 Fantastic Drive in Pen- in uh, Bayville, New York. And, of course, my partner in crime, my partner in grime, my partner in enzyme reproduction. Wow. What? Brian, <laughs> Brian Calneva, Cal State Fullerton, Caliente. Brian Calvi joins us for the RTU NFL Wildcard Weekend podcast. Welcome back, boys. Holy cow. Happy New Year. Happy New Year is right. Welcome wow. back. Crazy. It's been like six weeks. Six weeks since we did a live show, that's for sure. A and lot has happened. Just a, a little. Couple things. Couple things. Some of you may know I've been very busy. I had a uh I got I got uh I got a flip HD uh video camera. Is that Get it? out of here? Yeah, that no, no that was big. What are you what are you what are you shooting with that? <laughs> birds? Uh birds, yes. Uh yes. I'm I'm filming myself watching football. Nice. So I can tell so I can put that on YouTube. Because apparently that's like a hot thing to do. Have you seen this? That's I have not. Is that true? There's like uh after the giant uh, debacle, which we were away for, uh the Giants losing that game to the Eagles, uh there's like YouTube videos of Philly fans watching the game. And how they react. And this is like a thing now. And there was one uh, guy who said, if they come back and win this game, I don't know why I'm making him from Jersey, but if they come back and win this game, I'm going to run around the street with my shirt off. And they just happen to be filming themselves so during start, the comeback? That's right. They started filming, they, they were filming themselves and uh, 
somebody was filming on like a, a phone or whatever. Anyway, I got a flip video for that purpose and also to film uh, my child. So there you uh, go. So yes, that's hence the hiatus in the in the interim while we were away while you were out. Uh, I uh, and my wife and I were uh, blessed with a, a baby boy on December sixth. So uh, thank thank goodness everybody is healthy and happy. And uh, we're going to get back to the uh, the business of live shows. We're retooling the show. We're bringing in a producer. Uh, we're going to have guests. We're redoing the website. It's going to be very very exciting. So. Wait, does 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 Doctor Ray know we're bringing in a producer? No. Was I was I demoted? <laughs> what happened here? A this lot is, has happened. This is where Doctor <laughs> Ray wakes up and his bed is outside. <laughs> like me. Surprise. No, no, Doctor Ray, we're talking to PJ. PJ's talking about coming in and helping us with the show. No, I'm not talking to PJ. No. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He. We're talking about getting him to get us guests. And sort of be like a showrunner, sort of produce the show on a weekly basis. Of course, I know PJ. He's a good man. I'd yeah. like to wish PJ a happy birthday. Yes, that's correct. Yes, yesterday was a, or a, the fifth was PJ's fortieth birthday. That's right. Just give that away. Tell everybody. Anyway, boy, you're revealing what? everything. <laughs> I know. What? <laughs> you have a kid. You're like an open book. I, it's it. It's all out there. I'm I'm turning into Howard Stern now. I got to talk about my real life. And so, you know, I, I was just listening to our last show, and the last time we were on the air, the Jets had just lost to Green Bay, and Derek Jeter was not signed. Wow, been a while. Is that 1998? So, <laughs> Don Mikowski, they lost to. Yeah, it feels like. Um, and Derek Jeter was, you know, in his second year. Jeter, the captain. At, and the Mets had just hired Alderson, and that you know, right? They had stuff. they had not yet hired Terry Collins. That's right. right. They went on to hire. We had uh, Patrick Flood, the great Patrick Flood from his uh, Mets blog. We had him on on the last show, and the speculation was Bob Melvin, and we wound up with uh, Terry Firecracker Collins. And what's funny is that we haven't heard from Sandy Alderson since then either. That's right. <laughs> Sandy Alderson apparently on hiatus. Did he have a baby? Did he, he had time to sign Chris Capuano. I heard he got a good flip camp. But there's there's always there's always time to sign uh, Chris Capuano. Always. And Tyler Buckholtz. And and Taylor. Taylor, not I Tyler. Think, I think we'll go with Taylor. Let's sign Tyler too while we're at it. Tyler Buckholtz while we're at it. Let's play Buckholtz. Can we get him? No. Yeah. Decidedly not. He's good. Dr. Ray, before we get into uh, uh, this NFL bacchanalia that we have planned, this uh, playoff weekend and, and the Jets and the Colts and great matchups and Rex Ryan won't shut his face, his fat face. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Ray, the Jeter thing played out in a way that we sort of speculated it might. I, I feel like we were literally the only ones, like we're in the media, quote-unquote, but we were like the only ones saying on the show that like, this could go badly. Like, it doesn't have to go well. You know, somebody could sort of be a deep big in this. It doesn't have to go well. Yeah, in, ret- in retrospect, the whole thing is a little shocking that it got to that point. But obviously, is, uh, is what everybody wanted. Yeah, as a Yankee fan and a Jeter disciple, well, that's not the right word, a Jeter uh, sycophant, uh, are you pleased with the – do you think that this is over or uh, easily overlooked, like, come morning day of? Absolutely. I think it's already gone in most people's minds. Forgotten. Is, uh, yeah, it's forgotten. It's a Yankee yeah, that's forever, what I, and that's – yeah. 
I was going to say, we're bringing it up now. Have Have you even thought about it since then? Oh, I forgot who he was. <laughs> Derek who? Never heard of him. <laughs> Derek Jeter. Never heard of him. I saw pick up for Cubs, by the way, Matt Garza. Yeah, I saw that. So I was a little upset about that. That's you know, Garza—he's a pitcher I love. I've had him in fantasy every year. I could possibly get him. I've kept him for three years in the back league. But uh, he seems like a head case. I don't. How do you think he does in Chicago? Does he a little head casey? A little bit. I mean, put him in Victor or uh, Victor Zambrano, Carlos Zambrano. Do you need like a twenty-four-hour We'll go get Zach Greinke well, and just, you know, put in a big couch, like a big leather couch for the guys to lay down on before the game. What I will tell you is that I heard from a Cub fan acquaintance of mine today who was very upset with this deal. Really? Yes. Apparently, though, they didn't give up anything of of consequence. Apparently, they you know they gave up more volume than they did quality, no? They did. There was not a lot of quality at all. None of them are top prospects. Right. I, I mean, I think it's a deal you got to make. But Garza moves on, and, and he has to move on from my fantasy team as well because I can't keep him again this year. So oh, good. So maybe someone else can get a chance now. <laughs> before we get before we get into it, I do want to uh, ask how how uh, Cal, how you doing? What's going on with the with the kids and the the holidays and and the whole? Oh, it's been great. We've had a we've had a lot of fun. Uh, we're getting back to normal after the holiday season here at the uh, the Calvi household. The Calvi Ranch? Uh, Cal Ranch. It's like the Imus Ranch. <laughs> Cal Neva? Yeah. The ranch. Now, let me ask you, Cal. You, you, we've been texting uh, literally every day in uh, BlackBerry IM conferences, the three of us. Furiously. And, I think. and, and li- literally done shows, like entire shows <laughs> on the... Don't tell my wife that. But I know. Um, yeah. But my, my question is, you, you mentioned somewhere in there sort of surreptitiously that you had a 14-day vacation? Wait, wait, well, uh, who are you, President Bush? Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I went on sabbatical. Yeah, you know, I, I got a Euro pass and I went to find myself. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take the girl? Did you? <laughs> of course, of course not. <laughs> hey, hey, Cal, how was Burning Man? <laughs> I just took a shower today. <laughs> so, so, folks, we decided uh, that we wanted to do this podcast. As we said, we're going to get back in the live, ready to unload, uh, you know, sort of new format and stuff uh, as soon as my son decides that he's going to sleep for six hours in a night. Um, but we wanted to do this podcast just to talk about football. We've been talking about the playoffs. So much has gone on since we last left you. So we're going to sort of skip to this week. Like, let's just skip to this week. Let's not talk about the Jets getting paced. Let's not talk about the Giants having one of the greatest collapses that we've ever witnessed. You know, let's let's just – the Giants crap the bed. They're out of the playoffs. I, I, I think Tom Coughlin should have been yeah. – I don't know what you do with Tom Coughlin, to be honest with you. I, I don't know what you do. Do you extend him another year now? Well, you, I, you can't fire the guy after a 10-6 and six season. I'm sorry. Right, but he's a lame duck coach, though, and the Giants never have lame duck coaches. So you've got to give him a courtesy year, right? Yeah, give him a year. Ev, do you, Ev, would you have fired Coughlin after that? You know, they, 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 one of the worst losses in the history of the team to the Absolute, Eagles. Absolutely not. Uh, really? Yeah, really. I, absolutely I, I not. 
Yeah. I agree. Wow. I mean, what has he not collapsed every year he's been there except the one he won the Super Bowl? I will give you that I will give you that he's a little overrated and that Super Bowl has kind of went a lot farther than it should with him. But you can't fire the man after a ten and six season. Why? You can't. Ah, should the Cowboys have fired Wade Phillips after last year? That was an eleven win season, and that team was never going to a Super Bowl with Wade Phillips. And now this year is lost, completely lost, because you can't fire a coach on an eleven win season. Why? He stunk. Now, I'm not saying Coughlin stinks, but. Why, what is this? I don't understand the rules. Why are there rules? If the guys mm-hmm. lost the team, the guys lost the team. I don't but think he hasn't lost the team. He hasn't lost the team at all. Okay, why, why has he not? This is literally out of the, what, six seasons he's been Giants coach, or five seasons he's been Giants head coach. They've collapsed in four of those seasons. It's seven now. Okay, so they've collapsed in six of those seasons. You know, I, I, I don't understand how – what sticks to this guy? What sticks – I feel like – he's Teflon Tom. Hey, wait a minute. Teflon Tom. <laughs> I just coined that, I think. He's 65 and 47 as the Giants head coach. Okay. Um, you know, three times he's won you – no, know, four times he's won. I mean, uh, he's never – his worst season was in his first season, 6-10, and 10, and then he was 8-8 eight and eight or above every other year. I mean, that that's, that seems like he's doing a pretty decent job there. But Ev, he started that six and ten season. He started out five and two, and they went one and eight. Okay, look at his second half of year. They're becoming like the same old Giants, and they really are. I, I that's, just that's I, not true. I'm not saying that he should have been fired. I'm just asking you why why is the win thing like you can't fire a guy off a ten win season? He's been there seven years. You know, it's not like he's been there for two and they haven't really given him a chance and he won ten games. And You know, I mean, I, I feel like Wade Phillips and Norv Turner are the two examples. Like, you, you keep bringing back Norv Turner because he had a 10 or 11 win season. You can't fire him. Why? He stinks. He's but he, great. great at getting a team to the playoffs and he can't get them any further. But that doesn't mean he stinks. Wow. A coach that wins 11 games has got to be doing something right. Wade Phillips. Team runs itself. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't explain Wade Phillips. Okay, I mean Wade Not. Phillips. That team should have won thirteen games. You know what? Coming into the season, yeah, they were they were a Super Bowl favorite coming into the season. Yep. I just I I'm not again. I'm not saying to fire Coughlin, but what's Ev? What sticks to him? You know, Jacobs runs his mouth, throws his helmet into the stands, argues with guys on the side. What sticks to him? I don't know. I I feel like he's like Teflon Tom. I, I just and and now they have to give him a courtesy extension year it, because he's not gonna. He's in the last year. Of the, you know, 2011 is the last year of his contract. They're not gonna let him coach without another year on his contract, right? Hello. Well, I believe I lost the fellas here. But uh, I am still here. Anyway, uh, let's see if we can call them back. But I think uh, I, I I feel like you, 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 there's this unwritten rule 
you know, that you can't fire a coach, uh, uh, you know, with this. I, I just, I don't understand the unwritten rules. Oh, he won 10 games. Okay, well, his team has collapsed the last few years. I, I, I don't think Cowers, you know, a perfect fit anyway um, for that team. Um, well, what we were saying was, Ev, you asked me if, uh, and let's just go back. We're talking about Tom Coughlin. We're talking about, you know, we're going to get into the playoffs and stuff, but we really wanted to discuss this because, to me, there's this unwritten rule about you can't fire a coach coming off X amount of wins and blah, 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 blah. Now, Ev, you said to me, if I think Coughlin should be fired, who do I want to replace him with? I don't I, I if that's the answer. I'm just asking the question, why can't you fire you know, like, it, why is that unwritten rule such a uh, you, the law of the land? I don't understand that. If the guy's not right for the team anymore, who cares how many wins he had? I, I think he was pretty close to firing him. I just think that, you know, he made a decision that in terms of keeping the team continuity sake together yes. and also, um, you know, the fact that he felt that the team was playing hard from at the end. And, and that's that. Listen, the Giants were one, you know, freak play away from beating the Eagles. Well, they really were. Well, how, at least having a chance to beat the Eagles. Yeah, they were. That, that changed their whole going, season. That game was going to overtime, and if you think for a second that if the Giants didn't win the toss, they were winning that game, you're out of your mind. You never know, honestly. I, that's ridiculous to say something like that. You never know what happens in sports. Yeah, I, I I understand that, and you also. You know, you know what? Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that, that your? Is that your? Is that your catchphrase for the year? Yeah, we got to come up with some sort of like sound effect after I say that. <laughs> Boink. <laughs> no, you want you want to. I'll go. I'll go one step further here, Steve. I think if they lost that last game of the season, he should have been fired, and he would have been fired. Really? Yes. You think that if they had gone nine and seven and finished three game losing streak and lost to the Redskins on the road, a dreadful Redskins team, by the way, then I think I, I he mean, would have been fired. I Rex, think so too. Rex Grossman is. I, I don't know what he's good at, but NFL quarterbacking is not it. Of their own name, it could, it could be Macram, uh, Macrame. I don't know. Maybe he's a... Rex Grossman. Man, Grossman. Wow. I know what he's, I know what he's good at. He's good at duping coaches into trusting them. He yes. is, and uh, he's he's also a fantastic answer to a trivia question. Who is the worst quarterback to start a Super Bowl besides Trent Dilfer? Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl though. He did win. You can and can't nothing take that away. As as Abe Attell would say in Eight Men Out, I was cha- champion of the world, <laughs> and can't nothing take that. No, and by the way, Dilfer, I don't know if you guys heard him on with uh, Simmons. Uh, magnificent. He is a good analyst. I'll give you that. And he is very good. A much better analyst than quarterback. Yeah, and, and admittedly, that's, <laughs> that's the beauty part about him. Like he'll admit it. He does yeah. admit it. He freely admits that he was not nearly the quarterback he should have been. You know, somebody's typing feverishly. Who's typing feverishly? Well, it's not it's me. It's got to be Fafa Flunky. It's got to be. It's your, it's your very busy ex-producer. <laughs> <laughs> when you put the ad out for the producer, did you put type softly <laughs> in the qualifications? Special skills? The ability to type softly? Never know when he's doing research. <laughs> Ev, if you if they had fired Coughlin, right? Who who would you have hired? Because you said you know Cower wants uh, total control, which is ridiculous. Why should Bill Cower have total control of anything? 
What's he? What's he done? He was. He's won one Super Bowl. I. I. I don't know. I. I, I fail to see why Bill Cow. You know, he won one Super Bowl in like 19 years. As a matter of fact, if you you know, there was a lot of talk about him and Cough. If you line up Coughlin and Cower, they're very similar. Very similar. I, I probably would have thrown thrown 20 million at Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't per year? You'd have to have thrown 25. F. Would you have done that before letting Coughlin go? <laughs> Yeah, I would have probably – I would have asked Coughlin if he could give him a call and just tell him what it's like <laughs> to be head coach of the Giants. Would you have completely flouted the Rooney rule as well? Oh. I can. <laughs> we, of course, are alluding to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Calvi's ex-team, by the way, Cal. Yeah, I couldn't be more happy that I've, I've dumped them for such a class organization like the Jets. <laughs> like the Jets. <laughs> You really went from the penthouse to the, well, no, you went from the poorhouse to the poorhouse there. I did. Uh, it, the and we're gonna get to the Jets and the Colts in just a second, we promise. But I thought it was pretty funny that on ESPN today dot com the first on the on the first page it says Dolphins talking extension for Tony Soprano. You got to be kidding me, right? <laughs> no, they're they're now they're like, oh, we were just kidding, really. Well, no, well now the latest is that they've talked to Eric Mangini. Oh, that's right. Oh, I hope that's good. I hope that happens. <laughs> so, how, you, how do you, would you love to be Eric Mangini and you have to play four games a year against the Patriots and the Jets? At, not only that, but how does this guy keep getting work? Would Mangini's first move be to tear down the Marino poster in the locker room? <laughs> he would come in with a, with a, a paintbrush right. and just paint right over it. <laughs> right. Marino. Larry Zonka's uh, mural, gone. <laughs> Absolutely gone. And he's, he's the Rex. He's the Rex Grossman of coaches. That's John right. Shula, see ya. <laughs> Never heard of him. Never you're out. Shula, who? Right, you're out. There would be a big painting of Don Strzok up immediately. I'll tell you, man. Be, being an assistant under you know under Belichick really goes a long way in this league. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing this guy has done really to warrant con- con- continuous consideration for head coaching jobs, except the fact that he studied under Belichick and Belichick hates him. And, and he. Go ahead, Cal. No, I was gonna say, how about the fact that look at look at the latest of the Belichick disciples. Look at Mangini. They're really falling on their face. Yeah, Josh McDaniel. You have Romeo they, Cornell, uh, Charlie Weiss. Charlie they've, all, Weiss. they've all they've all really covered themselves in glory. Yeah. Besides college, you know, they, they've done nothing in the NFL. And and <clears throat> yeah, that that coaching tree is rotten at the core. And that's because the guy at the at the head of that tree in Belichick is a jerk. I mean, everybody knows it. He's a jerk. He's a genius, but he's a jerk. And just because he's a brilliant tactician and also a brilliant scout, and he's also – there is nobody – Evan, you read the book. Yep. There's nobody who breaks down film like he does. No one. He is the, he is the greatest at breaking down film maybe in the history of the game. Something your, uh, your buddy Rex Ryan alluded to this week. That's correct. And maybe that's what he was getting at, Ev, by the way, all up in arms about the, the uh, tweaking of Tom Brady. There we go. We can't oh the delicate genius of, of Tom go. Brady. We can't tweak it. But uh, no, but just to finish that thought. But all his coaching disciples, you know, fortunately he only teaches it seems one part of the game uh, to them. You know what I mean? He only imparts this one portion of uh, uh, coaching, and that's the X's and O's, or maybe it's the scouting, or none of these guys are the whole package. And Be- if Belichick went somewhere. He would not work somewhere else. He wouldn't. 
Uh, he could not go to another team and work right now. Belichick? Absolutely not. It wouldn't work. I, I think he's a pretty smart guy. I mean, how do you leave Brady at all? I mean, this is no, the no, guy. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm certainly not. I'm just talking strictly from a media standpoint, from the treatment he gets in New England, from what he's allowed to get away with in New England. You know, he, if he went to another organization, okay, and went to another media market, it wouldn't work. And these guys, his disciples go to – wow, that sounded awfully massy. His disciples oh, – <laughs> yeah, his disciples break bread and say unto him, no, they, but they go to these other teams and they think that they can be Belichick, and you can't. Josh McDaniel, all 32 years of him, you know, 32 years old of him, went to Denver and tried to be Belichick. You can't do it. you got to have the wings first, pal. You need a sweatshirt on the sideline, too. That's right. But you, you can't do it. You can't go and Mangini tried to do it with the Jets. You cannot go and be Belichick. Not in all facets. You can't do it with the media. You can't. Only Belichick can be Belichick. And again, who is ever greater at breaking down film, Evan, than Bill Belichick? You. We. That's 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 correct. Me. I am the greatest. We 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 uh, allude to this. Excuse me. I have Bill Belichick caught in my throat. We allude to the. <laughs> I actually thought you were going to say I have Bill Belichick on the line. <laughs> the, the, six weeks has changed a lot. It's the, it's the great Bill Belichick, everyone. Well, that's what happens when you get a producer out. Oh. 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 Wow. Listen, I see how this is going to go. <laughs> the writing's on the wall. But not the mural of Jim Brown. No. That's uh, gone. That's <laughs> taken down immediately. Do <laughs> you think Mike Holmgren will repaint it? That's right. No, Mike Homer will probably paint Brett Favre on there. <laughs> He'll probably put a huge mural up of Matt Hasselbeck. Can we we uh, I'm gonna take you both at the same time. Yes we can and yes we can. We just did. <laughs> we can start the Brett Favre going to Cleveland speculation. That'll be awesome. Colt McCoy is already pissed off. And uh <laughs> and I don't, Cal, what what was your uh, what was your question about Brett Favre? No, that was what I was going to say. He's going to retire. He announces his retirement, and then next year he'll be the the quarterback of the Browns. Yeah, right. don't forget the Holmgren uh, plane ride down to Mississippi. That's right. The yearly <laughs> the yearly uh, plane ride down to Mississippi. Somebody's got to. They're going to send Peyton Hillis down to the ranch to try to convince him <laughs> to come back. Peyton Hillis, who apparently hit on Josh McDaniel's wife, that's why he was uh, fired in Denver. No. That was a rumor when he was uh, first... Uh... Well, we have to be careful here on the show with rumor and innuendo. Oh, yes. Know? I mean, you know, well, actually, we don't. We can say whatever we want. We don't, we're not, it's not like we're with ESPN or something like that. Yeah, why Why do we have to be careful? We don't. Well, I, heard, I heard that from one area that apparently Hillis hit on McDaniel's wife, which prompted him tra- being traded. Nice. Well, McDaniel's wife is probably Hillis's age. You know, right. I mean, it's not like it's not like he was hitting on Mike Shanahan's wife. You know, like <laughs> you're hitting on a 60 year old woman. You may maybe or, con- confusing. Josh McDaniel was like tw- what 26 when he took over the team, or Kurt Warner's wife. Hey, leave Mrs. Warner out of this, okay? I'm All sorry. Right? No you need for that. Shanahan's wife, Peggy. <laughs> Doctor, erase that in mid year form. 
Wow, he's all over the Peggy. Wow. We haven't even had the pilot for 2011 yet, and he, boy, he wants that producer job back, Cal. Look at that. Look at the work he's doing. Peggy, Sh- Peggy Shanahan? That's right. Delightful gal. Now, uh, to be clear, we are not uh, speculating that Peyton Hill is hit on Peggy Shanahan. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case anybody's listening. I did. He- I heard that he did send pictures of his wang to her, though. <laughs> It's all the rage this year. Uh, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh boy! Apparently, uh, folks, we're, we're, we're <laughs> you're listening to Ready to Unload After Hours, the podcast. Uh, we are going to talk about the NFL. I swear. We've uh, been talking about the NFL. No, but specific, the playoffs are this weekend. Well, let's get, get into the, it for crying out loud. Let's my, get into it. My thumbs are aching from typing on the BlackBerry with you guys, and now we're talking about Peggy Shanahan. Who I'm sure is a delightful gal. It's just too long to type on the BlackBerry, that name. That's a Peggy Shanahan. Peggy yeah. Shanahan. Uh, no, is her name Margaret? Is she Margaret Peggy Shanahan? I don't know. Well, what a str- now, don't get me started on that. How do you get Peggy from Margaret? Don't know. Don't know. My sister-in-law's name is Peggy. And Peggy, not Margaret. It's not Margaret. On the birth certificate, Peggy. Well, that makes sense. I guess. How do you get that? You don't. So how do you get how do you get Jack from John? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, these are the questions that need answering right now. Let's forget about Jets, Colts, Eagles, Packers. Yeah, no. Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about naming conventions. I I obviously just dealt with this, you know, giving my son his name. You did. How that's been successful. Hasn't it? The name so far, we are very pleased. We're very yeah. pleased. Yes. There was. Uh, I don't know if you guys went through this with your uh, wonderful children. Uh, there was an initial pushback from the parents. Did you guys have um, that? From whose parents? From the parents of your parents. From the pa- your parent, your the grandparents. <laughs> That's correct. Okay. You had pushback, really. Oh yeah. Wow. I had downright shock. Like like a, a sort of, where did you get that name from? Well, you didn't reveal until the baby was born. Not true. It it got out there. It got out there a little early, yeah. Like it, got out there, it got out there. That's right. John Heyman actually, <laughs> actually, actually broke the name of my child. And my mom somehow <laughs> follows John Heyman. Very strange. She wants to be up there. What's going on? <laughs> so... <laughs> Did Adam uh, did Adam Rubin use the line if you injected <laughs> Sam Pete with truth serum, he'd tell you what the name was. What is going on with the truth serum thing, by the way? Uh, it's an ESPN thing too. Yeah. You saw that Ev, right? That's like no. new that's like the new thing to say now. Like if you injected him with truth serum, he'd tell you that he hates his coach or something like that. <laughs> because apparently the truth serum, first of all, is readily available. All over that's, the place. They're just getting it out in locker rooms like steroids. That's devilishly clever. <laughs> I think you can get it at Walgreens. Correct. Over the counter. Over the counter. Sorry, I'm obsessed with trying to figure out. <laughs> For name, Margaret. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I, actually, I've been obsessed with trying to figure out why it's Peggy, by the way. I've come up with a, cute, a couple of things here. What do you got? Oh, this is Apparently, where you just me to call in, by the way. Yeah, he would definitely have a, an amusing anecdote about it. Um, apparently, Margaret 
you know, some, you know, it started off with Maggie, then Meg, and then it went to Peg, Peggy, uh, and that's the best. That, I can yeah, do. That, that's the leap that I don't get. Yeah. How do you go from Meg to Peg? It's just, uh, you know, clever humans. Where does the yeah? Where does the P enter the conversation? Like, where does it even get there? Right. I don't know. Do you think insiders referred to uh, the former prime minister as Peggy Thatcher? <laughs> they do. Like, like they used to call him Jack Kennedy. <laughs> Peggy Thatcher over there at Ten Downing. <laughs> What's Peggy Thatcher doing today? You know, Peggy's. <laughs> She's gonna take her tea in the morning, invade the Falklands. You know, just the usual thing. Uh, <laughs> ooh, topical. Oh, Ricky Gervais has joined the show. Just, just have a laugh. <laughs> um, so the NFL playoffs this weekend. Uh, tomorrow, first of all, can I ask one question right off the bat, and then we'll get into why Rex Ryan should shut up, okay? Uh, or Evan thinks he should shut up. Cal thinks he can't shut up, and I think who cares? <laughs> just to give you a little. That's, that's where a, that's a perfect summarization of our <laughs> right. last weeks of BlackBerry messaging. Exactly. So, but question for you guys: Is it remotely fair that certain that four teams only have six days off before their first playoff game? Now, this just occurred to me. Right, everybody played their last game on on Sunday. There right. is there is no Monday night football. I'll tell you why it's fair. The season, so teams that had to play into a spot. Have to play six days later, as opposed to other teams get to play up seven days later. I'm going to tell you why it's fair. Well, why? Because the four teams playing tomorrow all played on Sunday. Nobody has an advantage over the other one. I understand that, but you, I'm just, I'm not talking about. <clears throat> boy, boy, you really, you riddled me that one, Cal. But I'm talking. About... <laughs> well, you have all the answers, don't you? All right, well, let's just wrap this up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about the. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I'm talking about the idea that don't you want the freshest teams in the playoffs overall? You mean and you mean- and don't the teams that play on Sunday have an advantage over the teams that play on Saturday? But they're but they're not playing each other. It doesn't matter that they're playing each other or not. They're, they, they have an advantage. You would want that Sunday game. Why do four teams get to play on Sunday and the other four teams don't? I guess I'm, I'm missing where, what advantage you're talking about because let's look at a Sunday game. They arrest. But the Ravens and the Chiefs both played, will both have seven days off. So neither team has an advantage over the other one. But they both have an advantage over the Jets and Colts. They all made the playoffs. Why should they get an advantage? But they're not playing the Jets and Colts. I understand that you're not. I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm just not understanding. You're missing my point. All six teams. All six teams made the playoffs, correct? Two of those uh, teams. Two of those teams have a bye, right? Right. Okay. So four teams from the AFC and four teams from the NFC have to play this weekend. Right. Okay. It's an it's a tournament that you move forward and around, right? That's right. Okay. So. The the teams that play on Sunday have an advantage over the teams that play on Saturday, and it's arbitrary who plays when. In in what way do they have an advantage? Because they have an extra day of rest. 
overall, they have an extra day of rest. Meaning, okay. ex- when they play the next week, they'll have another full week of rest. Not necessarily, because they could wind up playing next Saturday. My God. I'll, I'll tell you, I tried. I, I was hoping we'd be able to reproduce some of the excitement of our BlackBerry conversations, and I think we've nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> but Ed, how, am how I, am I wrong? Eight games into, I mean, you know, eight exciting playoff games into Sunday. You need that extra day. I understand you, but am I? Do you it's, understand it's, what I'm saying? Yeah, but both teams are, are subject to the same short week, and and that's that. There's nothing for, for that game. For that game, sure. Right. Okay, so let me ask you a question. If if the Jets or Colts. Whichever team wins tomorrow, what if they wind up playing next Sunday? Then they get yeah, an extra day. An extra day. Right. And they will have and they will have the advantage over a Chiefs or Ravens team that winds up playing next Saturday. See, I think I think that's I think that's inaccurate though. I, I'm just I don't know I haven't looked at the schedule. But no, no, because I think I I think whatever team plays on Saturday plays the following Saturday. I think they not, keep Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. That is not true because it's dictated by television. So I just made that up entirely. You did, but it sounded good. <laughs> I just television think... dictates everything. So good, they get an extra day. Good. Well, so, they, sh- well they should. They, they they make it up on the back end. As I just uh, all I'm saying is a team like the the Patriots. Or, I mean, not uh, the Patriots. The Colts, who had to play their last game and win their last game, and it had actual playoff ramifications. Right. Okay, facing uh, have to play on Saturday on six days, mm-hmm. and a team like the Ravens who didn't have any implications. Well, that's not true. They did. Never mind. I'm just I'm just trying to I I, I don't it, it seems arbitrary to me like why one team gets seven days for the first round of the playoffs because it's it, you know you lose and you're gone. Again, well, again, and you're gone. Again, so like. You know the Jets and the Colts are at a at a disadvantage because they have to play six days later. Why do the Chiefs and the Ravens get the advantage of playing seven days later? It's an elimination tournament. I guess I, I guess I would understand it more if one team had seven days and one team had six days. Then that would certainly seem unfair. Right, but one team has an two teams in a in a round you know single elimination bracket tournament get an advantage in the first round arbitrarily. Yeah, I, I think it should go by seeding. I think I, I really do. Well, you, you can't you know do that, that because three plays six and four plays five. Right, and you know that the games are de- the, the schedule is determined by the networks. Yes, I understand. Right. The it, way, just the seems, way, it just seems like an arbitrary advantage in, in an elimination tournament. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how you avoid that. You be a really bad team that no network wants, and then they wind up being on Sunday. And you would be referring to... No, actually, Seattle's playing Saturday at 4 o'clock, so... Yeah, Seattle's the early game Saturday. Anyway, so uh, it, it, that just occurred to me. That seemed like a little bit of a disadvantage. Uh, you completely blew my point out of the water. And Evan's right. I think we have captured the flavor and the essence. And you can see why, uh, you know, we're so anxious at work to answer these texts and, like, <laughs> not these conversations. That we're ignoring our wives and our families. Uh Evan, uh, since since you were so <laughs> kind as to point that out, uh, the, the four games this weekend and Wild Card Weekend, you, what what do you got? What's your favorite matchup? Obviously, Jets Colts, we love because you know we root for the Jets, so we'll talk about that game uh, a ton uh, in a couple of minutes. But out of the other games, how much you bench? 
I, I love the Green Bay Philly game. I, I think that's a fascinating game because basically you have a team that was everyone's little darling, the, the Eagles. Um, who, I guess people, people have all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> jumped on the Packers bandwagon, it seemed. You know, yeah. It seems here. You know, that's what everyone keeps thinking. You know, obviously, Green Bay is a, a pretty dangerous six seed. Um, yeah. You know, and then people are saying that, you know, Vic's not the same quarterback he was a couple of weeks ago. I, that's a fascinating game for me. I, I, I think Green Bay can, can win it. I think that's a super interesting game, too. I think that the three of the four games are fantastic matchups. And, and the fourth game is an intriguing matchup because when do you ever see a home team getting 10.5 or 11 points in the playoffs? Never, you know, I mean, when does that ever happen? But it never, happens, never. Right, because the Seahawks are the first ever 7-9 uh, and nine division winner uh, playing the Saints or whatever. But can't you just – can't you see them being pesky and hanging around in that game, or am I just crazy? No, I, 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 think gonna, I think they're going to win that game. Oh, you're drunk. No, I think I'm the, telling you. I think the two of you have lost your marbles. <laughs> let me let me tell you why. Let me tell you why before you tell me I'm crazy. First of all, uh, you know it may be overblown a bit, but Seattle is one of the toughest places to play in. That's bottom line. Period. Absolutely. Twelfth number man. two. Yeah. You you have you have the history of a team like the Cardinals who were so bad a couple of weeks before they made their run to the to the to the Super Bowl. No one thought they had a chance at all. Number three, you have a team in the Saints that has absolutely no rushing attack, having put their top leading rushers on the injured reserve. So you have a, a totally passing offense. And by the way, Drew Brees had 24 turnovers this year. Seattle, Seattle's got a chance in that game, even though they're not a very good team. Well, then. Well, well, well. I see you put some thought into this. Well, well, well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like to thank you for joining us. And uh, <laughs> enjoy the drop, drop the microphone. <laughs> we have a new bit. I love it. Sexual chocolate. You just definitely, Eray. You definitely just pulled the Randy Watson. Yeah. You definitely just dropped the microphone and pointed towards the door. You may remember him from the "What's Going Down" episode of "Hey, That's My Mama." <laughs> Mr. Randy Watson. Uh, well, well thought out. Uh, I award you no points. <laughs> no, you, you make very, very solid points. Here's my. I have two problems with what you said. And then I've got one thing to say, and that's all. But go <laughs> on. My only two problems are, A, uh, C- Seattle's offense is awful. I mean, awful. And I think Greg Robinson, if he can stop Peyton Manning for a game, I, I think he can figure out a way to stop the injured and ailing Matt Hasselbeck and then uh, <laughs> Jesus Wally, uh, Charlie Whitehurst. That's A. And then the B is, the Saints can win that game with just a passing attack. I, I think with just just Breeze, Breeze can throw the ball 40 times, and I don't think that Seattle has the secondary or the linebackers to cover uh, the Saints receivers. I don't think the Saints are going to go deep into the playoffs for the reasons or two of the reasons that you mentioned, Dev. Uh, as you know, and, and you do have to have somewhat of a ground game, and they are a dome team. You know, they got to play inside the whole run last year. But uh, I do think they can I, – I just I, – I, I can't see Seattle's defense stopping their passing attack, even with no, no threat of the run, none. They can go to like a West Coast offense where he throws a little five-yard out, uh, five outs and have that be the ground game. I don't know. Cal? I just I, – the, the Seattle Seahawks were 6-9 and nine last week before that game. <laughs> 
They were six and nine. They barely beat a seven and eight Rams team to get into the playoffs. Yeah. And then Pete Carroll goes around parading the team as champions. I'm so proud of my team. They're they're champions. It's what a is farce. To do? It's a farce. What is he supposed to do though, seriously? I, I don't know. What is Rex Ryan supposed to do, Ev? No, that's a nice jumping off point. But just one last thing on <laughs> Seattle. Uh, this this is a bad team. I'm not saying Seattle's a better team in any way. I just feel for some reason I think they have a chance in that game. You think they uh, could I, catch lightning in a bottle for one game? Yes, I, I know how much you'd love to say that, and I, I agree with you. There's <laughs> any lightning catching. I, don't, I, yeah. I, think, I think lightning stays safely out of the bottle. You think blowout? And I, and I and I don't know what you're who you're agreeing with because I don't believe that. I don't, I'm just I don't think that's going to happen. All right. I think that uh, they are a se- you are what your record says you are. They're a seven and nine team in the worst, maybe the worst division since the play. <laughs> dropped the microphone and left. Do, do you remember when Arizona was the worst? Playoff team in the North They were not division. six and nine. They were eight and eight, weren't they? Nine yeah, but they, they won the division at nine and yeah. ten. Wait, but let me let me just finish. And the week before, they got beaten so badly in New England that I actually texted you, Steve. That is, this is the worst team I've ever seen. Did the Jets smoke them? They smoked them that year yep. too. Didn't the Jets put up like fifty points against the them? Jets they had points. Like, the Jets beat them like 50, 52 right. to you know twenty five or something. Like that. I, I thought that was the worst team I've ever seen in the playoffs, and they made a nice run to the Super Bowl. Okay, so but never, big key, big key. They had, they had a big, big difference. Key difference. Obviously, yeah, I know, I know. Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald, and Quan Bolden. Yes, Matt, Matt Hasselback, Ben Obamanu, and, uh, <laughs> and Justin Golden, and Golden Tate, <laughs> <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch. You got uh, and uh, well, Mike, Mike Williams had a uh, a nice year. Hey, you know what's great? Mike Williams decided to play football. Yeah. Ah, how nice! Yeah, after Detroit gave him like two billion dollars. Right, you know what? Let's the let's overall vote. pick. Yeah, let's let's toss him some comeback player of the year votes. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. Right, because he was motivated now. What a good story! <laughs> He's gonna disappoint so many fans when he signs a huge like multi-year contract. Oh, it's gonna be God. awesome. I hope yeah. he signs with Detroit. I I really do. I hope Detroit's like, yeah, no, we 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 think you figured it out now. Hey, you know what? Detroit, I have a, a buddy at work who's a Dolphins fan who I've just been mercilessly just – because he gave it to me in spades last year about how Henny's going to be better than Sanchez and stuff like that. So my buddy Emilio, I, I give him so much grief about the Dolphins now. So he said, you know, he's joking around. He's like, I, I figure I, I got to – he was embarrassed by the Harbaugh thing, just completely embarrassed. So he said, got to find another team to root for. I said, well, you got to go NFC, right? You got to go out of conference. I did. You know, so you could still do it. And he and uh, he said, I think I like the Falcons. You know, I play with them on Madden all the time. You know, and I said, uh, No, you can't do. You know, can't do the Falcons. So how about the Lions? I said, Perfect. Lions are good. I could get on board with the Lions. You know, I, I think I I was very impressed with the Lions. I think their coach is still hilarious. <laughs> I, I I'm sorry, Jim Schwartz just does not look like an NFL coach to me. Maybe a no, driving instructor. I, I don't know. <laughs> A manager at a fast food restaurant. Maybe, maybe he's doing my taxes. I, I, he just does not look like an he's driving instructor. <laughs> but I think that so if, if that's what he is, what is Tony Sperano? Oh please, he's a cop. Tony Sperano's a state trooper, without a doubt. From Chicago. 
Right. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Right. He's an Illinois State Trooper. (laughs) You know how fast you were going? (laughs) Uh, You know, I felt really bad because that same Dolphins fan, I was ragging on him about Sperano wearing the glasses. You know, at night, like they're playing the Jets on Monday night. And I was like, you know, take off the sunglasses or whatever. And he's like, he's got a problem with his eyes. Right, then you found out. Right, and I was like, oh. It always happens. Well, his mustache is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that was my eighth grade comeback. Yeah, I'll tell you, though, I, I agree with you, though. Detroit, you know, finished at 6-10, and 10, nice little four-win streak. They're yep. an intriguing team next year. Without, a lot of pieces. Without uh, Stafford. Without Stafford. They did that. They did that with, you know, Drew uh, Muppet Babies Henson. And with J- Javid Best with apparently the worst football injury you could possibly have, turf toe. <laughs> Correct. It's debilitating. Apparently, every year it, take, it you know inflicts somebody. It's like diabetes. <laughs> we should have a telethon. Yeah. Turf toe. Hundreds of NFL players a year suffer from turf toe. Won't you give... <laughs> to the Turf Not- Foundation, <laughs> and its sponsor, of course, will be Rex Ryan. All right, let's do it. Fine, let's get in. No, 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 before we do that, let's finish up with the last game. We got Baltimore, Kansas City. Your thoughts? Well, no, I before no, no, no. Let's go back to Seattle, New Orleans. I want to go around the room. Steve, give me your score and a final. Who's going to win? Wow, take it easy, Officer Sperano. <laughs> Rex. Holy mackerel. All right. Okay. Please. Please. <laughs> uh, Seattle, 245. Uh, no, uh, I I see the Saints in that one, 31 to 10. 31 10 Saints. Yes. Sounds, Ray, like, sounds like somebody's writing this down. I sure am. Somebody doesn't trust the fact that we're recording this <laughs> and it's a podcast. Put it up on the website. Oh, okay, right. We have a website. That's right. Remember? I do. Dr. E. Ray, what do you think? I got 3110 Lions. I mean, uh, not the Lions. <laughs> Seattle, 3110 Lions. That is an upset if the Lions win that game. <laughs> I think the Lions would have a better chance of winning that game. Yeah, no, I, I think Seattle um, is going to shock the world here. Two uh, kickoff returns for a touchdown for uh, Leon. Right. Okay, sure. What, what was the score you gave? 3110. The opposite of yours. You flipped me. You flipped me for real. That's right. What do you got? What do you got, Cal? We're gonna go New Orleans thirty-four, Seattle twenty. You think they put up twenty points, huh? I do. Wow. All Saints right. De- the Saints defense is not that good. Okay. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so that game is tomorrow at four o'clock, and uh, seven or eight people will be watching. Then you have. Yes. <clears throat> you have the uh, the the two games on Sunday. Uh, obviously, the Jets and Colts are Saturday night. We're going to get into that in a second. The two games on Sunday, uh, Green Bay. Now, what's the early game there? Kansas- the early game is, is Kansas City Baltimore. That's the early game. Okay, Baltimore at Kansas City to be accurate. I uh, boy, that's a g- real good game too. I think. I feel like that's a real good game, even though Kansas City played just disgusting football last week. Yeah, that bothered me. I think it bothered everybody. I mean, I think, <laughs> like I think on a personal level. <laughs> I think that I think that spread was set to be like, you know, maybe Kansas City by three or so, something like the Jet Colt spread is. You know what I mean? I think that spread was set to be a little more friendly. And then the Chiefs just came out last Sunday with something to play for. Yeah. Right. They were playing for the three seed. Right. 
Um, and and just not uh, just a terrible outing. Matt Castle is going to be making his first playoff start now. Does that guys does that bother you a ton? Doesn't bother me a ton. Bothers me. I think there's something to that. All right, that's fair. And Flacco has been in the playoffs his first two years. He's got a ton of you know playoff experience, and he looks <laughs> like Jim Jim Caviezel. So Flacco, Flacco was taking them to an AFC Championship game. Yes, he has. Yes, in, so, his, in his uh, when did he do that? Uh, rookie season, right? His rookie season, right? Um, and then last year, of course, they went to the second round of the playoffs. I, I think the Ravens. I, I like the Ravens in this. I think the Ravens will be able to shut down what Kansas City does well, and that's, and I, that's run the ball. Yeah, I agree. I think the Ravens are. I think the Ravens are just a better team. Um, I think they played. They were more consistent throughout the year. Kansas City was great at home, but Kansas City was not uh, a great overall team. I think they're moment, them. but yeah, great year for them. Completely unexpected. Yeah. If you if you, you know a lot of you know sports people have pointed out the schedule that Kansas City played this year. Have you just looked at the schedule though? Really, have you taken a good look at it? Who they played? They I've been be- taking a good look at it. Okay, you need to take a look at it if you're going to. I've uh, taken an, an ancillary glance. I've taken a cursory look. <laughs> I tell you, the, team, the teams they beat this year uh, are pathetic. Let's run down it, if you if you will. Please. They beat San Diego, Cleveland, San Francisco, Jacksonville, Buffalo, Arizona, Seattle, Denver, St. Louis, Tennessee. So two quality wins in there. They they beat one playoff team, Seattle. Okay, and that's questionable. <laughs> right, seven they and nine. Jacksonville, who was you know qual- I guess a quality team, you could say. Jacksonville went nine and seven, right? Uh, you know you can't say you know you can't say San Diego and Tennessee or San Francisco are quality, can you? I think you can say San Diego is. Yeah, you have to. In, right. Well, they also lost to San Diego thirty-one nothing three weeks right. ago. But that so was with, uh, that was with uh, Castle out of the game though too. That's true. Don't forget. Yeah. You know, like Tyler Tyler Thigpen. No, that was with uh, Brody Coyle. Right, Brody Coyle in that game. Tyler Thigpen is in, uh, he is, uh, where is Miami, he? right? Miami. Yes, right. He's, he's he's starting in front of Chad Henney, which tells you all you need to know about Chad Henney. Doug Henning? That's, he's starting in front of Doug Henning, yes. That's correct. Magic. He also he's, tells you everything you still need to know about why Jim Harbaugh didn't take the money and run. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. he's he's opening for Doug Henning. That's correct. <laughs> He's middling for <laughs> David Copperfield. I say I think I think Kansas he's City closing did. for Harry Anderson. Sorry, <laughs> so all, the, all the magicians I know. I'm out. Um, <laughs> you think Kansas City's what now? I think Kansas City gets beaten pretty badly in this game, but I think Baltimore's defense. Um, can be very good at times, but I think it's it's also very porous at times. And I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be like a 38-24 type of game. Is that right. your score? Yep. E-Ray, though, let me ask you one question. Charlie Weiss, right, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs and stuff, is, has taken a, a, the job at Florida, is that correct? To yeah. be on, uh, uh, what's his name, Munchamps? Uh, new coach at Florida there, what's his name? Punch out of friends. I think it's Moochamp or Munch. Yeah, I think he was the defensive coordinator at uh, UT. Ochamp? Will Muschamp. Muschamp, that's it. Um, Weiss is going to be the offensive coordinator at Florida, and we were like, why would he take that job? And then we found out it's 
teams down there or whatever, but um, and not try to go back to the NFL. But Charlie Weiss is a pretty good offensive coordinator. Do you think that a the Florida thing's a distraction? B if it's not a distraction, do you think there's any chance he comes up with an offensive game plan that you know attacks the Ravens pretty well? I just don't understand how it could be a distraction. Like, who's getting distracted? You think people are really upset over there in Kansas City that like he's leaving? He no, no, I meant, I meant for him. I meant for him. No, I don't think for him. Like he's already got he's already got a foot out the door. You know what I'm saying? No, that's, 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 I don't. I don't think so. He's already he's already thinking about you know where he has to recruit in Tallahassee. You know. Uh, I, I just I just I just think Charlie Weiss is an excellent coordinator. I think he can come up with a game plan uh, to attack the Ravens. I mean, I think he's done a ridiculously good job this year. And uh, you know they they have they have weapons. I mean they have a big time receiver in Dwayne Bow. They have a great back in Jamal Charles. They have a good go to back in Thomas Jones. We know him very very well. They don't really have any secondary options as far as receiving goes. They have Milwaukee the the tight end who's not bad, but uh, and they they have McCluster and stuff like that. Like they they have some some explosive weapons there. I think you know they try to like you know he tries to like reinvent the wheel. You know, almost like the Brian Schottenheimer school. Like, let's get so clever that we confuse ourselves. But, you know, they could come up with an offensive game plan, I think, to put some points up against the, uh, the Ravens. I just – I like Charlie Weiss in that spot. I'm not saying that Kansas City's going to win, but I, I could certainly see them having an offensive game plan that gives the Ravens defense a run for its money. Can I give you a potential distraction? Sure. Have you heard about the uh, story of Ed Reed's brother? Oh, boy. No. So, total, totally serious. Ed Reed's brother is missing oh. currently. He um he was running from the police. He, he had drugs. The police chased him. He jumped off of a bridge into the Mississippi River. Oh, my God. To escape the police. I'm see, totally serious. And he's, cur- and he's currently missing. Oh, jeez. So, what a terrible story. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not looking to to diminish that in any way, you know. No, they, they no, talk about, about the football game, but I'm wondering if that has if that's going to be something that would be a distraction for Ed Reed. Gee whiz, I would I would imagine it has to be, you know. And Ed Reed is is that defense to me. I don't think it's it's uh, Ray Lewis anymore. I think it's Ed Reed. It's absolutely Ed Reed. When he came back this year, the whole defense changed. Yep, I think as Ed Reed goes, boy, we we certainly. You know, I certainly hope his, his brother's okay. And so it's not a great story to begin with. He shouldn't be running from the police with drugs. That's problematic. Yes, but... It, but you never want to see, you know, something like that or whatever. And, and, and you know, football takes a backseat and, and stuff like that. But that could certainly be a distraction, Cal. I don't know if it's enough of a distraction to, you know... No, no, no. ...have Kansas City win the game or, or whatever, but... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that play out. You know, for one sure. thing I wonder if Reed will be uh, kind of off his game. Well, we, and you know what? I, I, I let me give you my score in that game is is uh, Ravens twenty, Chiefs seventeen. Okay, I think it's a little lower scoring. Um, but that brings me to it. All right, we've been talking about the Rex Ryan stuff all week, right? We've been talking about the uh, the Rex Ryan opening his mouth and saying too much and boasting about his team and uh, why is his story and and my whole contention has been you know rip on the guy when he says something that's that's inflammatory and if he doesn't don't make up a story where you want there to be one Evans 
very, very valid point of view has been uh, seemingly have right. You know, why has he got to say anything at all? I mean, why can't he just control himself? You know, and, and why does he have to bring up Tom Brady or why does he have, to, you know, and Cal, you seem to think he's just talking. He has no filter. He doesn't even realize he's doing it. Yeah, I don't think he, I, I think that he was given direction by the owner to come in last year and give the team a personality. Right. And I think I think Rex Ryan is a genuine guy. I don't think that it's an act. I think this is really who he is. Um, but I don't. I don't think he's a disrespectful guy. But I don't think that he considers his words when he's trying to express his thoughts. Right. And the, and the reason I bring this up as a uh, uh, what do you call it? as a swing point? You know, as a segue swing point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is is because you know with the stuff with Ed Reed and uh, I sent you guys that article. I don't know if you saw it from the uh, Indianapolis uh, newspaper. Yeah, the Indianapolis reporter basically said, "I love Rex. You know, this game is way too serious. And what's wrong with a guy? Since when has being quiet become classy? And since when has talking means you're classless? You know, uh, and also saying he's having fun. You know, he's having fun." And that the game is fun, and that you know we get so they get so serious, the coaches get so serious about the game and stuff like that. And this this Ed Reed thing, I bring it up because it's a reminder that it's just a football game. I mean, we love it and we go crazy about it, and we follow it, and we sit there and BlackBerry item each other, you know, and stuff. But it's just a football game. You know, there's real these guys have real lives outside that. And we saw that a little bit with Rex and the foot nonsense, you know. But my question, so let's let's do this. Let's just do this. Well, let me ask you a question. I think two of the problems in our discussions is, is twofold. Oops, One, I don't feel, feel it affects the game in some way. I think you feel like it gets overblown, the effect it may have on the team by talking about other teams and building your team up. And the other thing is I feel you really shouldn't talk this much until it's proven something, and you think that's bullshit. Whatever you should, you should do it. <laughs> Whoa, you hey, can say whatever you, you can say whatever you want. Now, what, what are your thoughts on that? I okay. I think there are certain things that you can kill Rex about. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about here, just really quick, you know, Rex Ryan has been boisterous. He's been loud. But this week leading up to the playoffs, right after they beat uh, the Bills in the last game of the season, which was essentially a glorified exhibition. Uh, because the Jets had already clinched. You know, Rex said there he feels he feels that they're the team to beat in this you know, for the Super Bowl and they're the team to beat in the playoffs and they're the best team in the tournament. That's the way he feels. And of course the tagline that nobody has said is that and now we get a chance to prove it. You know, that's important that he says that. It's important when he tags it with and now we get a chance to prove it. Because he's saying, I feel like we're the best team, and now we get a chance to prove not, – not that we are the best team. you know. But anyway, I don't – I think there's certain things that you need to have had won already. You, you have, have to have won to say. I don't think that having confidence in your team and expressing it is one of them. I don't. You know, I don't, I, I, I don't think that's chest beating. Yeah, but it comes off as cocky and arrogant. It just does. Oh, and, so and what's wrong with that? Because in sports, you know, by doing that, 
you know, it's always been viewed as, as you're, you're, you're giving them, you know, locker room fodder, you know, you know and uh, I know no one needs to get up for playoff games, but I don't care what you say. Like, I think a team just gets a little bit more hyped when someone's been trash-talking them or boasting or cocky or arrogant. And I think all year long you see this in the, the teams that aren't at, that good to play their best games against the Jets. Right, that's the right season. In the playoffs, it doesn't matter because no team is going to play harder. I don't, I don't harder. believe that. I don't, I don't believe, believe that. that. No, I don't. I, I don't so believe that. I've been involved in playoff games in my life, and if the other team is saying something about me, I'm going to get up even more. But how could you possibly get up even more? It's, it's do or die. Well, that, yeah, that's an indictment on you if you're not up as hard as you possibly no, that, could that, be. I've heard that so many times. That's crazy. There's no limit. I don't think there's a limit. Like, I can only be up to this certain level. I think it, there's, there's, you can just keep going. But what 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 more motivation do you need? But be, because Rex Ryan said that he it's no, personal it's between him and Peyton Manning, somebody's going to tackle harder. Let me ask you a question, Steve. You know you, you've been in big games, okay? Sure. Let's say for a moment you're fatigued, you're tired. It's the playoffs, I understand, but if something in your back of your head is saying that, that you hate this other team because of stuff that they've said or this and that, it's going to take you to another level, possibly. It just might. I just I don't know if I buy it at that level. I don't know if I buy it at the NFL level. I don't think we understand that level that much. You know, this is a level where, you know, they're at the top of their game here. And, and they're and, paid. And they do it every year, and they're paid, and this and that. But, like, you know, well. <laughs> it's very possible that maybe things like this make them more hyped. I don't know. That's a, you know what, Ev? I, I, I'm going to go ahead and – that's a fair thing to me. I, I, it's a fair assessment. You know, you're running on complete empty. You look – you know, and Mathis looks over on the sidelines and sees Rex Ryan and, remind, and is reminded about how much he hates – although Mathis doesn't. So we'll use Freeney as an example. Yeah, and Freeney looks over at the sideline, and he's completely gassed, and he looks over, and he sees Rex celebrating or something. He's reminded about how much he hates the guy, and maybe he finds a sixth gear. You know, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if it has to be as, you know, movie script kind of like that. But I, I just think I, – I know you can't help yourself, but I, I, I think there is – Interior, 1965. So. This is a job for these guys. They don't live and diet maybe as much as we do. And it's very possible that these guys at this level need that extra motivation. It's a very popular thing to say that, oh, in the playoffs, they don't need it. Maybe they do. I just – I can't see how they, they're they playing for the Super Bowl. Yeah, but you don't th- see that. But the, but the you know, players – the, but the players say it. Yeah, but we see time and time again these athletes, you know, they let us down in, you know, in their ability to, to feel the same that we do about a sport, about their sport. But I think football, though, and and I'm I'm going to go ahead and pull this card, and I don't care. I think football is different than other sports when it comes to this. I really do. I think football is different than baseball in this regard, or basketball in this regard, because it it it's eleven. In other words, you you could hate Tom Brady, okay. Uh, you could hate the way Tom Brady talks or something, not that he does. Well, he did. He said he hates the Jets. It's okay when he says it. But you, you could hate Tom Brady or whatever, but you can't have that much of an effect on the game if you're a, you know, a, a well, third-string defensive back. You know what I mean? In baseball, you can hate a guy. The hate is palpable in a series or whatever. You throw at his head, and there's a bench-clearing brawl. You know, there's There's something physical that you get to – uh, expand or, or, or express every play in football. It's a physical game. If you hate the, if you hate that team, you're gonna hit as hard as you would if you know you're gonna hit. You get to hit. You know what I mean? Like it's not like baseball. If you hate the guy, you throw at his head. 
You know, you know the, 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 why do they say? Why do they ever say in football that a team comes out flat or a team didn't look like that team was real hyped up? You know, I think there's a certain aspect to this game that is involved with you know emotion. I think that emotion can be triggered by things like this. Cal, I agree with you. I just don't think it can be triggered at this level of the season. I agree with you. Yeah, and why, why do teams come out flat for a, a meaningless game in November? You're right. Teams come out flat for that. You know? Whereas they may come out. I, 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 think, you, I think you Jets. give guys a, a little more credit than they deserve. You know, I, I think you think you, you're thinking like a fan, a fan, a guy who lives and dies by his wait, team. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? What do you mean? I think that this is a job to a lot of these guys. Maybe not to all of them. Maybe not okay. to Brady. But I think to a lot of these guys, it's a job. And maybe something like. Uh, when it becomes personal, if someone calls out your team in some way or you see this cocky guy on HBO, I think you get up more, even if it's the playoffs. I think, yeah, I think, that, I, I think that's giving the players too much credit. <laughs> see, I don't, think it's a, I don't think it's a job in the playoffs for these guys. I think getting that Super Bowl ring, you know, it, what's the average playing uh, career of, a, of an NFL player? What's the span, three, four years? I mean, like these, these guys do not get the opportunity to – to go to the Super Bowl, I mean, this is what they play for. I think that's true yeah. for the majority of them. I agree. And that's certainly true for you, me, and Cal in the way we view sports. But I don't know if these guys think. Do you think Ricky Williams is that way? Do you really do? Ricky Williams is high. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he don't, he, it don't matter for Ricky. That's my point. There's, there's people like him that don't view it as their life. To be honest with you, though, I, I, I think Ricky Williams in a playoff scenario is going to run his – butt off because this is his last chance to win a Super Bowl. And that's the only thing that guy's never done. That's because he's got to support the habit. That's right. <laughs> I believe in the Super Bowl of marijuana he would do that. <laughs> he wants he wants to get that Super Bowl ring made into a bomb. <laughs> it's going to look awesome in my bomb. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I definitely understand your point, but I, I tend to side with Cal on this, Evan, that I think what extra motivation has Rex Ryan possibly given the, the Colts this week? He's blown smoke so far up their fannies it's, that he insulted Brady by accident. No, I don't think this week is an example of what I'm talking about. I, I think that he just continues. That's continue, what he gets killed for, though. Yeah, he continues. He, nothing he said this week I thought was bad when it came to, to the Colts at all. And I didn't say you, that. You didn't like the Brady comment. I didn't like the Brady comment. And I'm not, not not looking ahead to saying that we're going to beat the Colts or anything like that. But I, I just I think he continues to say things that don't need to be said. And that brings us to the next point. Do you think that he's earned the right to say whatever he wants? I I, I or does or does does he not need to earn anything? I do. I think I I think he can say whatever he wants. It's how you take it. Yeah, you know, this is what I've been going on and on in my head about with my, uh, and it's crowded up there. But no, this is what I've been, you know, and even, you know, talking about on blogs and stuff like this with Francesa. And that is, my, my question would be, if I could ever get through to him, and, and I, I, I've stopped trying long ago because I can't even listen to his program anymore. Because it's an absolute ridiculous joke that the biggest sports, you know, talk show, uh, sports talk show in New York during the playoffs will, refuses to have a jet on. Refuses no, to have that, a jet. Well, that's, well, that's not true. Not according to him. But he's lying, and we know he's lying, because two weeks ago he told the truth, and now he's backtracking, and he's made up a story about ESPN pulling 
uh, it's you know asking Woody Johnson to pull the players from the Jets, and it's awfully coincidental that they decided to do this this whole big grand scheme to pull the players from uh, Francesca's show so they would only go on Michael K's show. The week after uh, Francesca called the team and the coach a clown and uh, ripped them for a week mercilessly. So he's full of crap. That story does not wash. Woody Johnson said to him, I'm pulling my players from your show, period. Right. You know, as they're, they're, all, they're all over the fan. If that was the case, ESPN would have went to uh, WFAN or uh, would have went to the Jets and said, pull all your players. We want them all to exclusively be on 1050. That's our – anyway. My point is, it's, uh, to me, it's not a matter. Why does it bother everybody so much that he talks? Why is what he's saying so bothersome? Is it because nobody else does it? I mean, I don't, I don't won know. or lost, nobody else does this. Won or lost, nobody else talks like this. You know, why does it bother Mike Francesa so much? Well, it bothers because, me as much as well. But is it because of the school of coaching Mike Francesa came up in, which was a gem that he put well, out there? Well, well, let's forget, let's forget Francesa for a second. Ed, why, does it bother, why does it bother you so much, Ed? I mean, obviously it goes back to to the way I think you view sports and the way you play the game. Like, I, I never wanted to be that guy who was cocky and bre- and the people like that on the other team bothered me. Um, so, obviously, I think Rex Ryan's approach is refreshing, but I don't believe in giving a team – any added source of motivation. We just went into that. I also don't like having a head coach as a face of your franchise that continuously says things that seem a little crazy. You know, like maybe maybe if he backs it up one day and wins the Super Bowl, I accept it more. But right now, I just, you know, with the history this franchise has, I, I don't like it. And I know you disagree with that, Steve, so I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I, I would say two things. One, he's not part of that history. I mean, he's been here two years. He's won, you know, twenty regular seasons game, uh, regular season game. He's twenty-two and thirteen, you know, since he got here, and he went to the AFC Championship in his first year with a rookie quarterback. I mean, that history is not his problem, you know. And I think quite the contrary, he's been fighting that history, and he's. I think he's gone overboard to fight that history. The whole play like a jet thing. I agree with that. You know, and trying to get the play like a jet thing to be part of the vernacular around Florham Park and stuff like that. So to me, he has nothing to do with that history. But my question to you, Ev, would be, I, I, I do understand the, you know, from an athletic standpoint, we all played sports at a very competitive level. And we all, I think, agree. We all hated, you know, especially in baseball, we all hated guys that were sort of cocky. We never played football at a high level. Okay. Would you not agree, though, Ev, that almost every player in the NFL is cocky on the field? Yeah, it's a different story on the field. It just is. Okay. So... But are these players cocky away from the field? Are the, are the Jets, have they been beating their chest all season saying how great they are? A lot of them have, I think. Who? See, this is where, the, to me, the, 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 the divergence comes between what the media reports and what these guys are actually saying. You know, no, no, nowhere in here is Mark Sanchez or, or even Bart Scott, the biggest mouth of all said that they're the best team or said that they were going to beat the Patriots when they got waxed. Now, their coach says these kind of things. Right. You think that he has to win a championship before he can talk like this? Yes. I don't think so. Because I, I, because I, I, I still feel like 
Are there some things that he says that are outlandish and, and, and killable? Absolutely. Saying that you're the best team in the tournament when you're the sixth seed and the number one seed waxed you 45-3 to three, not five weeks ago is, is, is stupid. It's a stupid does, say. If the, if the Jets lose on Saturday, does it change your opinion at all? Can, can, should he say the same thing next year? Should he do the same exact thing from day one next no, year? No, absolutely not. So then but why he, is it different? But he hasn't done the same thing this year that he did last year. He did more. No, he has. Every, every player has every, said. Every player has said it has been nothing but Indianapolis. He has not talked about the Patriots. He hasn't talked about the Super Bowl. He hasn't talked about Super Bowl itineraries. He hasn't told them where the parade's going to be. In fact, he's been short and sweet and to the point, and everything has been focused on Indianapolis. And they said it's a complete change from last year. Last I was talking year, about from, from the beginning of this season. But, but, you know, he, but we're, talking was, about, we're talking about the playoffs. talk at the beginning of the season. Why should he not talk about the Super Bowl in the beginning of the season? Why should he not talk about wanting to win a Super Bowl? So I think it puts a big target on your chest, and I think a lot of people, it draws attention to your team when it doesn't need to have attention drawn toward it. Well, we've had withering flowers as coach of that team, you know, for, for 48 years, and they haven't done it, or 43 years, and they haven't done anything either. Cal? Yeah, Cal, you're kind of in the middle on this. What's your feeling here? Oh, and by the way, Jerry Rafferty, may he rest in peace. Steelers yeah. real stuck in the middle. Go ahead. Baker Street. <laughs> Baker Street. Um, Great song. I, I have less of a problem with what he says and more of a problem with the way that he, he portrays himself and the way that this team seems to show uh, a lack of discipline at times. And that, I think, stems directly from the loose ship that he runs. And that's what more of my problem is. I, I, the talking, I don't think that the things that he says a lot of times, I believe it gets misconstrued in the media. In other words, he comes out after the Patriots beat them 45-3, and he says, you know what, I would go right back out there tomorrow and play them. I have no problem with that whatsoever, yet everybody says, you're a fool for saying that because you just lost by 42 points. All he's saying is, I'm a fighter, and I'm going to get, a back, get back out there, and I'm going to go at it again. Well, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't think a lot of people have a problem with that statement, though. A lot of people had a problem. Oh, he got, he got killed for that statement. He got killed for that statement. Lupica did it today. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not killing him for that. I, I, I have more well, of a I'm problem not, with the situation not about that you, basically in general. it's all about me. Fuck. <laughs> 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 he throws the microphone. <laughs> Wow. Did we not in these six weeks send you to microphone school? <laughs> we got to send you to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting on how to handle the microphone in between. Yes. No, I did that on purpose. Oh, that was I thought it was happening. Oh. <laughs> Throw the microphone down. Well done, Randy Watson. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Go ahead, Cal. I, the other thing, when he talks about, we just, you know, we lost to the Patriots, but I remember a team like the 85 Bears that lost on a Monday night and went on to, to go to the Super Bowl. Or he talks about, you know, a team like the Yankees that's both loved and both hated. That's what we want to be. He's not comparing himself to those teams. No. He's just using that as an example. He's not saying the Jets are the 85 Bears or are the, you know, or are the Yankees. And I think that a lot of the media twists his words around, which is not fair to him. Right. I think, Cal, I think you you definitely hit on something that I wanted to get to and I think is at the crux of the 
you know, the three different attitudes were taken towards this guy, especially leading to this, which is a, a, a really crucible game for this coaching staff, in my opinion. It really is. It's a game that they have to win. I agree with that. I mean, that was Lupica's thesis today, right? You know, that, that he went about it and went overboard with it, did Lupica. But that was the, the, the crucible or the, uh, the, the basis of his thesis was they have to win this game. You can talk, 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 fine. We're going to find it all amusing, blah, 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 blah. If, you don't, if you're one and done and don't win this game that you've been game planning for for 12 months, okay, against Peyton Manning, then this season is a failure. And next year we're going to have a really hard time taking you seriously. That, well, that's here, a, I, that, that statement right there is totally on the media, basically saying, I don't believe this game is that important. I really don't. Oh, I you think know what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because he's not going to lose his job if they lose. Okay? Yes, but Ev, how long, not, how much longer are the, they going the to listen media, to him? All I care about is the players. So the media is going to kill him more than he, they already do? Come on. He's oh, not going to lose his job. This is not a do-or-die situation for him. I'm not saying it's do-or-die. I'm just saying how long can the braggadocio, the, the bravado, how long can it work with the his bluster? With his team? <laughs> with his players. How long can it work? If you don't win these games, okay, and if you don't, if they don't start seeing some results, how how long is it? Especially with I gotta say it, especially with the foot fetish stuff and this kind of stuff out there, okay? How long can they can they take him seriously? That's all I care about. I don't care about the media. I care about the the players on that team buy and they they buy in hook line and sinker to him. But if they lose it, I feel like I'm not saying it's do or die. He's gonna get fired. I don't, I don't think I don't think a coach believing in in you in you as a player ever gets old. But I, but Ev, how how much long or, or how long do they believe him in general? You know what I mean how long is it not like well there he goes again? Yeah. You know there he goes again. I don't I don't believe him when he t- when he says this because I don't believe him when he says that. You know what I mean? Like I I feel like if you don't win in this town, this act will get old. And it's the same thing that guy from Indianapolis, the the sports writer, who I wish I could get his name because he really did a great job, um, said, you know, can it? Can, he and Caldwell are two completely different coaches, right? Ryan's attitude would work in in Indianapolis. It would work in New York. It's suited for New York, but it only works as long as he wins. And and that that to me is is the problem with how much he talks. Is how long can you sustain it? If you go six and ten. And you say the things that you say, you're gonna look like a horse's ass. I don't think he would. Oh, I do. You I do. do. It's absolutely. Ten? You think he'd be saying the same stuff? I don't. Oh, I don't know that. I'm saying if he is, if he's just being true to himself and being who he is, and start saying things like the Giants were just saying, the losers lament that we would have done so much damage in the playoffs, and I think a lot of teams are glad that we're out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, you he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to get away with saying that. No, of course. Not. Well, this, but this goes back to what you were just saying, Cal. And I do want to talk about the game. We got about ten or fifteen minutes left, and I do want to talk about the game. But um, this is what you were just saying, Cal. It's and you said this the other day, Ev. He's lost any sort of ability and credibility to say what he wants. So, in other right. words, anything he says is going to be misconstrued. He gets no benefit of the doubt anymore. No. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't mean that. I meant that he never had it. Okay, he never had the ability to say whatever he wants, and he decided to do it anyway. And when you do that, then you draw all this attention on yourself, and you make a game like this where you're not 
technically the favorite against a very uh, an unbelievable quarterback, you make it a do or die, like you're saying. I uh, see. I don't but, think his talk has made it a do or die. I think no, it's, uh, I, leading up to this game, I, I don't think so. I think I think they need to win this game because they're the better team. Absolutely. I think and that's been, why they need. And if they lose, it becomes a failure because they were the better team, not because Rex talked his mouth off for the last three weeks. I I I think it's I think it's a combo flatter. See, I think all the talk you do during the year, that's fine. Okay, you got to back it up. You got to back it up, otherwise this this town really quickly starts to not take you seriously. Now, Ed, I, will, I will I will ask you, Cal. Let me just get this in. Yeah, go ahead. I will ask you one thing, Ev. You you've said he's been doing this since the start, and he never had a right to, right? Did he not change the culture around this team? I mean, has has he not he with his talk and all and all his bluster? Has he has he not changed the culture around this team? Yes, he has. Do you feel that maybe some of what he has done is expressly for that? Was expressly to come in here and change the culture of SOJ? Yeah, I, I do. And and I feel that with this franchise, it probably was important. It still bothers me. <laughs> okay, okay. Evan, <laughs> last I do, year... I agree with you on that. Okay, last year on the heels of Mangenius... All right, when Rex Ryan comes in, and one of the first things he talks about is going to meet the president. What was your reaction at the time when he said that? Not happy. Not happy at all. Really? At the, yes. Really? I was amused. It was funny. But that's not, as I said, it's not the way that I want a team that I support to be. Okay, it's I'm not, surprised. It's, it's not, nice. It's not the coaching uh, tree you came up with. No. Like the <laughs> <laughs> What exactly is his coaching trait, by the way? That's the most outlandish thing he's ever said. Is that is that Marcelo's thing? I guess the coaches that the coaches that I came up with weren't like that. That's what he said. The school that the school that I went to. Is he talking about his pop Warner coach? Yeah, I I I don't know. Maybe Cornerstone at St. John's. I don't know. But it was the most outlandish. Talk and talk and talk and bluster and bluster and bluster. Well, Cal, you said that the you said that the Jets are supposed to win this game because they're a better team. I agree. Do you agree, do you agree with that, Steve? Yes. Well, tell me why. I think they're a better team right now. I, I this think is, this is a segue into the game now. By the way, yeah, I think if I'm well, well played. Uh, see, that's that's why I'm important as. <laughs> I think if Austin Collie and Dallas Clark are uh, healthy for this game, uh, then I think I still think the Jets are a better, more balanced team, but. It's unbelievably close, but the, the Colts are not nearly—they're not that good. I mean, they're a good team, but they're not nearly the team that was could have been undefeated last year. And Peyton Manning has looked very human against three-four defenses: uh, San Diego, Dallas, uh, the Patriots. I—I I, I don't think they're as good uh, as Jets. I think the Jets are a more balanced team. I think the Jets have more weapons uh, on offense. The one weapon they don't have, of course, is Peyton Manning. But they do have Mark Sanchez, who, uh, while he didn't take the leap that I predicted, uh, he did have a really good second year, a very solid second year. 17 interceptions, 13, uh, inter- or 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, three rushing touchdowns, and only one lost fumble. There's a huge difference from last year, a huge leap. Um, so I, I think the Jets have more weapons. I think the Jets are a better team. I do. I think they're the more balanced team. I think 
guys like Cromarty and Santonio Holmes, uh, with the Jets cast that's there, put them over the top. As far as, I, so they should win this game. To me, they're a better team. Plus, factor in the fact that the Colts are banged up. They have no Kali, who killed the Jets last year. They have no Dallas Clark, who the Jets can't stop you at tight end this year, Cal. And that's not an insult to you. Hey. You know, that's not a shot of you, Cal. You know what I mean? But yeah. they, well, and of course, I'm referring to the Madden 2011 Austin Rhino version of Brian Calvin. Of course. My tight end. Um, but they, they, they don't have those two guys. Jacob Tammy's been a nice story, but he's not Dallas Clark. Sorry. He's good. He's good, though. Don't underestimate him. I will, I will underestimate him. How you like this? I just did. Well, I think you're making a huge mistake. Foom, foom. I just did it twice more. There's two things about this game that bother me as a Jet fan, okay? Number one, the Colts seemingly have put together a, a, a pretty decent you know, uh, rush, rushing defense in the past three weeks, you know, averaging only 60 yards a game uh, let up against three very good rushing teams. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing is every time I think about Peyton Manning, uh, against us, I keep thinking of Jake Cutler see, throwing at will uh, into the end zone, just throwing <laughs> balls up in the air and and people catching it. And you know what? You know Pierre Garcon and and Reggie Wayne are still pretty good. Jacob yep. Tammy's a pretty damn good tight end. And you know I, I think this I think their injuries are overblown a bit. Not the, the Indianapolis has problems in their secondary. There's no doubt about it. Okay. Um, and that line. But, but but I think their offensive injuries are overblown a little bit. Kali's good, but they still have very good, a lot of weapons. They have Blair White, and Blair White's not that bad either. Not terrible. Can't run a route, apparently, but... Look, then, would you guys disagree? I mean, Cal, you said it. Are the Jets the better team? The Jets are the better team, and I think, to, to Evan's point, Jay Cutler tore the, tore the Jets' defense to shreds, so you'd be worried about Peyton Manning. But the Colts do not have the same defense that the Bears have. And, not even and, close. And, and Mark Sanchez ripped that... Off, or that defense to shreds. Folks. Yeah, he did. And and if they're going to stop the run, which they have been, that's fine. But now this year, Mark Sanchez has uh, Antonio Holmes to throw to. Look, to me, it's really simple. To me, it's and and this is why I get paid the big bucks, and I should be a professional coordinator. No, but seriously, it's real simple to me. If the Colts come out and play cover two. All right, like they're probably going to, and they're going to play a Tampa two. I think Sanchez this year uh, is much more well equipped with Santonio San Holmes, with a full year of Braylon Edwards, with Dustin Keller, with Cotri in the slot, with Brad Smith. I, I think he is much more able to take advantage and rip apart a cover two defense. I really, I really think he sees a cover two much better. When well, you see, yeah, Belichick, and, and and I think you know if they if they play eight in the box and the corners want to play man, those guys are going to play ten yards off the ball, and I run Holmes and Edwards on uh, quick slants and little skinny posts all day long, and I beat it. I beat it with three step drops. I beat it with the short passing game. And Sanchez, despite this arm injury, this quote unquote arm injury, by the way, uh, which I really think is a beard. Um, I mean, I think he's hurt. I don't think he's nearly hurt as badly as they're making it out to be. Um, I, I think Sanchez can rip apart a cover, too. And to me, he has the ability, they have the ability to put up four touchdowns. But, Steve, will they let him? That's the other thing. Will Schottenheimer take the reins off of him and let him do what he needs to do to win this game? I think he will. I think, you know my, you know what my biggest concern, I, I think the defense is going to do enough, too, yeah. for Manning. 
I, I really do. I think they've been game planning for this game for 12 months. I, I, I think since the day they lost the AFC Championship game, they've been game planning for this game. Absolutely. And, and, and if he I, can't I come up with a good game plan in a year, then he shouldn't be coaching. And especially adding Cromartie to that mix uh, and, and eliminating Lito Shepard. But one of the things that to me is is scary is Schottenheimer. Yeah. Is the fact that we we don't know if he's going to overcute himself. He's like Jekyll and Hyde. He, he, right. You know, he comes out it. with a brilliant game plan, and then the next one it's just so vanilla, and it's always possible he does that. We've said it for over a year on, on our show. Guys, we've said it, and I've had – I've written it on jet boards and stuff like that and had, like – People that I like and uh, that I respect, whose, opinion, whose opinions I respect, agree with us. And that is, he comes up with a game plan during the week. If it doesn't work, he doesn't know what to do. And sometimes it works brilliantly. But there's an arrogance there to him to say, look, it's execution. Because I came up with this game plan, it should be working. You know, I looked at the film, it should be working. And it's not. So it's on the guys. It's not on me. I tell you, I read a, read a very good article recently about how the Jets' wild wildcat formation, or whatever they call it these days, um, has become a bigger part of their offense lately and more effective. You know, in the beginning, you know, it, it wasn't getting the, the huge gains that they were getting now, and the Jets are the only team really in the league that runs it that has the ability to pass very well out of it. Right, because of uh, because of Brad Smith, because uh, of, I think they call it the Missouri now because uh, Brad Smith is a Missouri Tiger. They do. And, when Leon was there, they called it Seminole because of Florida State. But uh, I, I think you're going to see some Wildcat. Uh, here's what I hate. I hate when he mixes in the Wildcat when Sanchez is going good. Right. Because Sanchez, I think we've all seen, is sort of a, a street quarterback. And he'll hit like five in a row and just look fantastic. And then you're in a Wildcat. Well, that goes and, back to his game it, planning during the week. Right. And it may pick up six yards, but it's not the right time to call a play. You know, because you're taking your quarterback who's on fire out from under center. I, I think, honestly, my biggest concern in this game is Schottenheimer. And, of course, uh, Peyton Manning scares the bejesus out of me. I, I, I really wanted to play the Chiefs. Really want to play the Chiefs. Yeah, me too. My biggest concern, it's going to sound silly, but the kicker. Oh, Nick Folk, that's my biggest concern. Hey, look. If the game comes down to a field goal that they need to make... I, I'm I'm worried about that. The guy's got an unbelievably silly name. Uh, he he looks like a basket case. He he does. I'm sorry. He looks like a lunatic. Why is this always a problem for this franchise? Uh, but it had, wasn't. They had Jay Feely. It they wasn't had, a problem. They had Jay Feely. They had Jay, Jay Touchy Feely. <laughs> I, I Nick, folks. Uh, I, he looks like a like a crazy person. He does. When he's coming on the field, he looks like a complete basket case to me. That's what I want in my kicker. <laughs> That's exactly what I want. I want nerves of complete oatmeal in my right. kicker. That's what I want. Came on the line. You want the guy who looks like really frantic. Right. Like, <laughs> I tell you, that's a great call, though, Cal. I mean, this game very well could come down to a missed thirty-three yarder from Folk. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it. You can't you see this game going back and forth? With we've we've talked about Peyton Manning, and we've talked about the Colts defense. Can't you see the, the, the scores being traded all day and it's going to come down to either Nick Folk needing to make a kick or Adam Vinatieri needing to make a kick? I My money's on uh, the Italian. 
Yeah, I mean, he's only made two of the clutchest kicks in, in the history of football. Is clutchest the word? It, it is now. <laughs> Boys, we gotta we gotta wrap this up because I gotta hit the old sackaroo. And well, let's uh, get some predictions here. Let's uh, let's get some predictions. And, and real quick, any other keys to the game that you see for the Jets and the Colts? Other keys to the game? I think my uh, just one more I want to bring up, guys. I know you'll all agree. Uh, Sean Green. Just about to say it. Exactly. Yeah. Sean Green. I, and and this goes back to Schottenheimer and his 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 love affair with L, uh, LDT. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really it's Sean Green. Come on now. Come on. It goes, it goes back to last year when Sean Green ripped apart the Colts in the first half, and then when he left the game, it was a totally different offense. Yeah. Don't you dare so say, though, that the game would have been different. Don't you dare. I'm saying it. Don't say it. <laughs> Even Rex Ryan this week said, I'm not going to – this is a quote, by the way. I'm not going to tell you that lie. They beat us. Somebody asked him, would the game have been different if – do you think it would have been a different outcome if Sean Green didn't hurt his ribs in that game? And he said, I'm not going to tell you that lie. They beat us. Now, now, did I see that quote anywhere in the paper? Did I see that quote on uh, on you know Francesa? Did he play that quote when he was smugly uh, talking to us all like we were mentally challenged children, all us Jet fans, this past week? No, didn't see it. There's a lot of good teams that didn't make the playoffs, yeah, which the auto- automatically means he's talking about the Giants. Take a <laughs> shot at the Giants. It's a shot at the Giants. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you can't make it up. I would say, oh, the pain, but that's another idiot's line. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I, I like Beningo. It's just his his stick is you know, It's just old. Oh, the pain. Oh, the, the pain. pain, bro. The bro, pain, bro. The pain, oh, the pain. Bro, another another Rolling Stones song playing out of the break. Going to talk about every song out of the break and like I'm a radio DJ. Wow. Bro, no doubt, bro. No doubt about it. Did he kick your dog or something? <laughs> he actually stole my dog. Which is weird. It was a, it was a, it was a weird thing to do. It I, knew I, should, I knew I shouldn't have trusted him, but... Yeah, right, let's, shot. Put, let's, put, uh, let's put some numbers down on paper, folks. Let's put a let's banana. Let's put a cap on this. Put a banana. <laughs> let's put a banana on this. Uh, I, I'll go. I'll go ahead and go first. I think the uh, Jets win this game. I think it's twenty-seven, twenty-one Jets, and I don't think it's that close. I really don't. Did I completely floor you guys? And that's it. Sexual chocolate. <laughs> Sexual chocolate. Now, now we've each stopped the show. Excellent. I believe the children are our future. Wow. Teach them that. Let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Evan, will you please give us a score to stop this nonsense? <laughs> oh, boy. Give them a this sip. A tough, one. tough spot here. A pride. <laughs> Do you want to defer? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer for a sec. Go ahead. You going to kick? Defer? All right. You got, you got the conch. It's going to be me. I'm going to say um, 27-24 Jets. Wow. And, and is, it, is it a close game? It's very close. And I think it's going to come down to a field goal somehow. Either Folk is going to make one or Vinatieri is going to miss one because that's just the most ridiculous way this game would end. And you know on, what one, the, on one of those two scenarios. You know what the announcer should say if that happens? Inconceivable! Right. And In that sh- voice. <laughs> the shtick is and wa- it should be Wallace Shawn. That sounds just like Al Michaels. <laughs> Gus Johnson. Oh, Gus Johnson. Inconceivable! 
<laughs> Wallace Shawn is your color man for the Jets Colts game tomorrow night. He just said it 42 times during the game. I love it. <laughs> All right, I got it. I'm going. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to do it. 31-7 Jets. Wow. Right. Inconceivable. Right. <laughs> wow. Can you can you briefly tell us why you've completely jumped the shark on predictions? <laughs> I, I think that the, the Colts can't handle Sean Green. I think it's going to be a huge day for him. I think that uh, I think the, the Colts will get beaten on both sides of the uh, of the line on this game. I really think they're going to the Jets are going to take it to him. I really do. Wow. So thirty-one uh, seven. That's right. And I have twenty-seven twenty-one with the. <laughs> Colts getting a touchdown late. Uh, and Cal has 27-24 Jets. So we all took the Jets, which means start packing, start packing your locker, locker's voice. It was a fun season. Well, and I do to you, Spanish ladies. And the shtick hour has begun. I'll, I'll catch him and I'll kill him for 10. I I'll, want... I'll dance with him for 13. <laughs> I'll take him to the movies for 21. <laughs> he can go away with that one. He can go I'll away. even... <laughs> I'll, I'll kiss him a little. <laughs> for <Funny>. five. <laughs> right. I'll buy him Triscuits. Call him Nancy. For 37. 30, sorry, 37.5. Thirty-seven five. Can I get? Uh, but I'll catch him. Then I'll kill him <laughs> for ten. Oh boy! Can uh, I get? Can I get your your thoughts, gentlemen? I need a score on the Green Bay Philadelphia game, please. Right, right. I uh, I like the Eagles in this game. Believe it or not, I think I'm the only one. But I like the Eagles. Uh, Twenty nine. 28. And it's going to be a Jim Dandy if you just joined us. Um, I'll, I'll take uh, 27-9 Green Bay. Now we're just trying to make up odd scores. Yep. Three, three field goals. <laughs> Cal, give, it, give us the 12-6. I'm going to give you 12-8. 12-8. The impossible score. Hey, now. Yeah. What just happened? Did, did Wesley made an appearance? <laughs> Apparently, a duck has wandered into the studio. Wow. Can I give a score? Yes. And a new, <laughs> and a new low end. Yes, go ahead, Cal. Uh, 31-17, I'll teach him how to whistle. For 61. Hey, and have to mix up 30 in Phoenix tonight. Very nice. Well, that is the end of our uh, NFL playoff podcast thank you for joining us and definitely uh tune in soon for all new ready to unload episode uh featuring dr erase that i think that's going to be the new name ready to unload with Tom featuring dr erase that uh so you may get your name on the t-shirt now Ev. um thanks guys this is really fun and uh enjoy the football weekend cal final unload uh i agree with you I have no final unload. And Dr. E. Ray, final unload. Robert Shaw is rolling over in his grave tonight. <laughs> yes, especially when we pass gas during his quotes. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>